Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this From the Field episode, Managing Editor Brian Gorman interviews Salima Hermani, founder and president of SZH Consulting LLC, on the definitions of radical change and adaptive leadership. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Change Management Review Podcast. Hello, I'm Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and our guest today is Salima Hamani, a leader and expert in organizational development and talent management. Salima is an ICF-certified executive coach with over two decades of experience helping organizations and leaders enhance their potential and implement lasting change. She's a results-driven strategist and practitioner who has a deep understanding of human and organizational effectiveness based on years of experience creating programs that enable companies to embrace the changing business landscape, enhance their effectiveness, and achieve long-term goals. Salima is the founder and president of SZH Consulting LLC, a boutique management consulting and executive coaching firm based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Prior to that, Salima held senior leadership positions at a number of companies, including Accenture, Northrop Grumman, Marriott International, and BAE Systems. Welcome, Salima. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I am truly very excited to be speaking with you today about a topic that is so relevant and and critical in our our current times. Thank you for having me. Well, when we scheduled the session, we defined the topic or named the topic when radical change meets adaptive leadership. So let's start with some definitions. Sure. What do you mean by radical change? Yeah, thanks, Brian. So so the word word change itself needs no explanation, but radical change does. The word radical is derived from uh, Latin word radix, which means root. Uh, The word radical also means a departure from the fundamental, a departure from what's usual or traditional. So if you put this all together, the way I define radical change is that it is the type of change that fundamentally alters a system from the foundation up. It requires a completely new way of thinking, seeing, and behaving And this type of change is also often referred to as transformational change. And what would be some examples of radical change? So in the business business world, you see examples of this type of change when an organization fundamentally changes the way they're structured or operate. And we're seeing this happen a lot uh, nowadays where we see a lot of organizations going from uh, traditional top-down hierarchical structures to um, kind of flatter structures, flatter hierarchies, and more self-directed teams. Another example is when an organization, and again, this is something you're seeing a lot of, is going through business process re-engineering efforts, where they're taking apart uh, major parts and processes of the organization, and then putting them back together in more optimal fashion. The current pandemic has also forced uh, many industries to face radical changes. So, for example, if you look at the hospitality industry, they've had to fundamentally rethink their business. Uh, I would say even what kind of business they might be in this new world. 
the, the very root of their business, which is hospitality, will need to be redefined. You know, what does it mean? What does hospitality mean in a world of social distancing and, and masks, etc.? And what do we mean by adaptive leadership? Yeah, the term adaptive leadership is actually not new. It's, it was coined uh, or, or made popular by a professor from Harvard named Ronald Heifetz. Um, adaptive leadership is a, it's, it's a technique. It's actually a mindset for addressing challenges that have no clear, straightforward solutions that can't necessarily be solved by experts alone. Uh, the concept of uh, adaptive leadership uh, rests on the premise that there are basically two main types of challenges that we face, uh, technical or adaptive. Um, technical challenges are those that are clearly defined. The solutions themselves can be found in the known structures and procedures. They can be solved by knowledge experts. The, the problem itself, the technical challenge itself might be complex, but the experts will know the answer. So an example of a technical challenge is, you know, uh, an accounting firm has recently acquired a software and they've found a glitch with the software, which, uh, you know, which stops their ability to use that software effectively. The manager in that firm is empowered to call the vendor who's an expert. They come in, solve the issue, and then they resume using that using that uh, software. The other type of challenges that many organizations uh, face, especially in the current times, are called um, adaptive challenges. And these are challenges that are not clear-cut or easy to identify or solve. Uh, the answers lie not only in the in the experts, but must come from people themselves. And, and the solutions themselves to such challenges require a change in the fundamental attitudes, behaviors, and mindsets. So these types of adaptive challenges require transformational, radical change, which is only successful when leaders are able to bring an adaptive leadership mindset. Salima, what are some of the characteristics of adaptive leadership? Yeah, I would say there are, and if you look at the adaptive leadership model, they've defined six critical behaviors uh, under adaptive leadership. Uh, first and foremost, and what I believe is the most important and most popular behavior is, is getting on the balcony. Uh, it's the ability to get perspective in the middle of the action, removing yourself from the moment or, or what, what is referred to as the dance floor and going to the balcony to see what is really going on, being able to you know, take that stand back and seeing the whole picture in an organization and across systems to assess uh, the broader connections and implications of, of events that are happening. This fourth step is uh, tightly connected with the second step, which is recognizing what type of challenge uh, you're dealing with or what type of change you're faced with. Is it a technical one or an adaptive one? And you can only do that if you're able to, you know, you can, if you're standing at the, and you're getting the right, looking at things from the right vantage point. Third key behavior is regulating distress, which really is around creating a safe space, whether it's physical or virtual, but really creating an environment where people feel safe to share ideas, 
they feel safe uh, to build trust where leaders can not only monitor attention, but they can apply authority in meaningful way to start implementing change. Regulating distress also means that the leader is making sure that the change is happening at a rate that people can tolerate. They're managing conflict. They're establishing the new norms that need to be established when things are changing and ensuring that both the teams and the employees are being productive in the process. The fourth key behavior is encouraging people to focus on the change or the job at hand and doing the tough work of change. Oftentimes, when something is uncomfortable, most people, they have a tendency to procrastinate and avoid it. And avoidance behavior can take many different forms. It can be more explicit. It could be more implicit. And, and adaptive leaders need to be able to recognize those behaviors and, and address those behaviors accordingly and in a, in a timely manner. The fifth principle is, is giving work back to people. Uh, people are looking uh, at leaders to provide them direction and structure. But in the adaptive leadership framework, we believe that giving too much structure can be uh, stifling. Uh, it can diminish creativity. Uh, so empowering people and allowing them to feel the anxiety, to feel a little bit of the tension will enable them to make the decisions, own those decisions, and have uh, uh, and allow change to happen. And this is the reason why I often, <laughs> I often call this leadership, adaptive leadership framework as one of the most democratic leadership frameworks out there. And then last but not the least is protecting uh, voices from below. Uh, remembering that, that best ideas don't necessarily reside only at the top. In fact, many believe that change is successful or change is only successful when it's ignited at the grassroots level. So it's really important for an adaptive leader, leader to be open to a variety of perspectives and ideas from the margins, from fringe groups, and it's important to not only include those voices, but also involve those voices in the changes. So now this is a very high level kind of definition of each of these uh, adaptive or critical adaptive leadership behaviors. And what we do is we offer you know, workshops uh, that delve much deeper into what it takes to act upon each of these principles. Because you know, often uh, in organizations uh, that are set in their own ways, these are they sound pretty same, straightforward, but these are still considered radical behaviors, uh, and they often face resistance, even if the, the leader himself or herself has the right um, adaptive intention. I want to take just a moment to talk about the fifth of those behaviors. Not too long ago, I was talking with one of my clients who has been leading her organization. She was actually hired to leave her, lead her organization, which is an international one, mm -hmm. uh, virtually. And one of the things we were talking about is how, since she's been leading virtually, how, if at all, her leadership has had to shift over the last months. And it has. Mm -hmm. And what she really talked about was that fifth characteristic that you described, that fifth behavior, mm -hmm. that she has had to become very explicit about mm -hmm. the outcomes that she's looking for. Mm -hmm. 
and then she's had to let go. Yeah. Yeah. And and let the employees do their job. Mm-hmm. Because you can't micromanage. Well, there are software companies that that think if you track every keystroke <laughs> website that your employee visits, yeah. you're doing your job. You're not. You can't micromanage the work. Yeah. Um, and my client said very much what what you did about that uh, particular behavior. That it really allows employees to foster their creativity to invest themselves more fully in the work um, and, and in the outcomes. That's right. Can you give us an example of an adaptive leader meeting radical change? Yeah. Unfortunately, Brian, I have many more examples of leaders that have not been able to adopt an adaptive leadership mindset in the face of radical change. I think a lot of us have more of those examples. (laughs) Yeah. Because oftentimes, uh, even when they are capable of being an adaptive leader, uh, the system that they're entrenched in makes it very difficult for them to practice the critical adaptive leadership behaviors. So what we have to do in that case is, and what I do is work with leaders on adopting just one of those behaviors, right? And slowly stretching the adaptive capacity of the organization as a whole. So one recent example that comes to mind is an HR leader of a technology company that we've been working with for over the past year and a half. The recent focus on diversity and equity was was a little bit of a wake-up call for this company. They realized that this is an area that they really haven't focused on well in the past and that they needed to desperately pay attention to, to retain and attract the high-demand talent uh, that, that they need for their business and stay competitive. The HR leader for the organization first and foremost did a, a great job of recognizing that this was not just a technical challenge, but an adaptive challenge. She was able to take a step back, take that balcony level view and recognize this is an adaptive challenge that it it just it just can't be solved by bringing a, a DNI expert and doing a few workshops on the topic, but really requires the organization's leaders to collectively identify their DNI vision and then look across the organizational dimensions and systems to see where where change needs to happen in service to fulfilling that vision. Thank you. Salima, what are, have been some of the more significant ways you've seen the coronavirus pandemic affect the practice of change management? Yeah, that's such a great question, Brian. Um, I think this pandemic has forced people to recognize the need to become uh, more adaptable and agile in the face of change. So there's a lot uh, more demand for change management skills in general, I think, you know, to help people become more resilient and adaptable in the face of such rapid and transformational uh, change. I think our work as change management practitioners is more critical than ever before, Uh, but we can no longer do this work from a superficial level. What I mean by that is change management cannot just be about communications and training, which is often what happens in organizations. Uh, We will need to do this work in a more transformational way. Uh, which is bringing in uh, new tools and techniques, 
such as agile, design thinking, adaptive leadership, which we're talking about right now, to really help our clients in their deeply uh, transformational journeys that they're uh, right, uh, that, that they're on right now. Another thing that um, I will just add here is that I believe change management practitioners need to step up and not just be consultants for the change process, but really be the coach for those people who are leading and going through the change. Help them develop the mindset that is needed to transform. And um, that mindset includes all the things we've talked about so far. Thank you. I think one of the real challenges that uh, every organizational leader, virtually every organizational leader faces right now is there is no clear picture of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we go back to the workplace, what, what does that look like? It's, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, if we maintain a work at home culture, um, that's certainly a big change, and we have no real clarity yet in most organizations about what that's like, nor do we know when that might end, what what it would be like to have a blended uh, workplace and, and work-from-home culture. So leading in a way that helps prepare your employees for a future with that level of uncertainty is certainly a challenge and it's an impossible challenge i think if you're not adaptive yeah what have been some of the more common challenges for your clients and how have they addressed them so far you know i i completely agree with you that ability to um articulate a clear vision it's a big challenge and and not just now it it always has been uh even even outside of the current situation that we're dealing with you know that's uh that's, I would say, the number one challenge I, I often face when I'm, I'm working with leaders who are trying to bring about large-scale change or embarking on leading a large-scale transformational change is really struggling with articulating a clear vision and then look, being able to look at impact of things beyond their immediate purview. It's almost like they get <laughs> they put blinders on when they take on, a, a, on any kind of change uh, and are not able to look kind of at a more broader systems level, you know, it goes back to one of the things we talk about in adaptive leadership, being able to, you know, step back, step on the balcony, remove yourself from the dance floor to, to be able to look at things from various different uh, vantage points. I think in these current times, another challenge that many of our clients are facing is the, the tension between wanting to react versus uh, taking the step back and strategically thinking through how you want to respond and how you want to take the organization forward in a more deliberate way so that you're not carrying the baggage of things that were not working before. And I believe that my clients have been able to manage this urge to just react in the moment, have been able to bring about some significant progress within the organizations. As a seasoned change professional yourself, what has changed for your change management practice in the last months? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> you know, I would say I have to have had to become more agile myself, uh, both emotionally in terms of being able to stretch into mindsets that uh, are outside my 
comfort zone, you know, because I've had to do that to help uh, help my clients. And then also strategically responding to the changing needs of my clients. Um, you know, what they needed, I would say even three months ago or four months ago is very different from, uh, from what they need today. Um, they're focused on survival. They're focused on building building better for the future. So I've had to, you know, be very strategic about kind of shifting to address the needs of, of my clients. In, in all the work that my company does, the constant is that a lot of our clients are stressed right now. They're confused. There is no certainty. There's no stability. So what we prioritize and what I prioritize above all else in my work is to help uh, our clients gain more clarity in the midst of all this chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's enabling clarity around the challenge at hand or, or or clarity around the first step that they need to take towards a different future. So I, I find that this is what our clients have uh, most appreciated about working with us during this time. One of the things that, that I've seen is, is almost this um, bifurcated response, if you will, some leaders saying, you know, we don't know enough about what's going to happen to really move forward in an intentional way. And we just are going to have to sit and wait to figure this out. And others who are saying, I'm taking this as an opportunity. Yes, it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity to create a better new normal than the normal that we had six months ago. Are any of your clients in that latter group? And if so, how are they going about moving that change forward? Well, I'm proud to say that a number of my clients have embarked on a transformational journey, uh, both at a personal level and at, at, at an organizational level. They're spending time looking inward. They're identifying what they can no longer afford to continue doing, uh, and, and many have come to the realization that business as usual or, or what used to be normal is actually not what's best for them or their organizations. Um, I'm impressed how some of my clients who've had deep historical uh, company traditions and cultural practices around being face-to-face and, and work only happens in the office uh, have let go of those uh, preconceived biases against uh, remote work and are not only inve- you know, actively investing in resources and, to help make remote work or hybrid work arrangements possible for now, but have really adopted this as the way that they're going to operate moving forward, regardless of whatever happens a year from now or two years from now. Salima, what else is important for us to discuss for change management reviews audience of experience change practitioners and change leaders about radical change and adaptive leadership. I, I just I just want to go back and respond to the, the example that you shared. I think in this day and age when we are, especially leaders, are facing so much change and, and so fast, uh, I think it's really important to that whole concept of empowering people to come up with the solutions, to own the solutions, to own the change, I think that's the only way we can face the the rapid changes. We can respond in an effective uh, manner, and leaders can uh, uh, you know respond in an impactful and effective manner. 
So I think that is so critical. And I think it's also adaptive leadership is really about you know, building the capacity in the organization itself to, to do this work of enabling change to happen, of leading change, and, and solving these really highly complicated uh, challenges. So you are actually raising the bar, raising, raising the capability and capacity of the organization to perform better, do better, right? By giving them the opportunity to own a lot of that stuff, you know, giving the work back to people. That's, that's a key phrase in adaptive leadership. And I think it's really powerful and so needed, especially in this day and age. So I just wanted to just put, a, put an emphasis on that example and that, that point that you made, Brian. I think that the, the current global crisis has, uh, has forced an unfreezing of systems, of behaviors, of habits, of norms. They've been forced forcefully and frozen those things in, in some cases. And I think that's a great opportunity that we have to build a, a better future. Our ability to bring radical change in our organizations, in our systems, and especially if you look at certain industries, they're, they're ripe for and in dire need of, of radical change. If you look at healthcare, education, our, our supply chains, our environmental systems, they're ready. They need this type of radical change, foundational, fundamental, transformational change. And our ability to do so will not only impact our ability to survive the current crisis that, we are, that we're in, but could potentially shift the fate of our generations, our societies, our communities forever. And I think that as change management professionals, we have a critical role to play in helping companies make these make these transformational shifts. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. It's been truly a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this from the field episode of the Change Management Review Podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and Salima Hermani. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.